exciting night for us in the in the city in terms of sports fans in the city of Orlando, Jake. Not only did the Magic get a win, but we had two conference title games that absolutely delivered with some really good drama. So now that the Magic game is over, have you been able to digest everything that went down while you were on the air? I have. Um, thank God for Twitter, obviously. Um, you were, you know, you were kind of keeping me posted, anyways. I, every time we went to timeout, <laughs> I was checking in. I was checking in with you. But Brandon and Tyler both, just for, and, and Kyle and everybody involved in the station, just remember days like today in the middle of the summer when there isn't much to talk about because. Uh, I can imagine as you sat down for your rundown today, you had plenty to sift through. Um, I I told Dante this on drive time, or, or I will. Um, to me, I think the Lions' big problem was too many Browns fans were cheering for him. I, I oh man, yeah. a little bit. I think uh, I think we might have poisoned the well. Here, here's one for you though, and because here's what I don't understand. So. Todd Munkin didn't stick enough to his identity, and they're they're throwing the ball. They didn't run the ball. And so Baltimore was supposed to be more Baltimore, but Dan Campbell was supposed to sway from his identity and take the point when all season long, ever since he's taken over as the head coach of the Lions, he's been a go-for-it-on-fourth-down type of guy. He's been aggressive. And so I, I don't understand how why the identity only is wrong, like whether you're supposed to stick to your identity or sway from it in those moments. I guess just if you lose the game, then that's exactly where you go. Uh, one team wasn't enough themselves, and the other team was too much themselves when all was said and done. So I have not yet really dove into, in terms of on air on this show, yet today, the, the Dan Campbell side of things. We spent most of the last segment talking about the Chiefs and their win over the Baltimore Ravens and their legacy and all of that stuff. But I do wonder, do we ever talk about gutsy, aggressive fourth down calls. It feels like that's never a conversation. So either it happens and we ignore it, or it doesn't happen and whoever's writing up the analytics needs to go back to the drawing board. One of those two things is true. Well, the conversation gets corrupted because it's always like black and white, right? Analytics on one side and take the points on the other side. You have to play the game. Look, if if you wake up today a Lions fan and you say, boy, I wish they would have kicked the field goal to tie it up in the fourth quarter, or I wish they would have kicked the field goal to go up, what, 27-10 or whatever, I understand that. And, like, had they done that, then fine. But, like, you play to win the game, and Dan Campbell, that's not Dan Campbell. That's not what he's done. Um, You know, I I think we need a little nuance within the conversation. To me, like, Dan Campbell, like, you can't blame Dan Campbell for being Dan Campbell. That's part of what got them there. The Todd Munkin thing, not running the ball, I think that was, uh, I I think there's a little bit more criticism there. But um, look, man, you're in the final four, and it's a a matter of a few plays here, a few plays there. I'll tell you what, if they didn't drop a whole bunch of balls or or penalties, there were plenty of reasons the Lions uh, choked away that lead. But it it just stinks because it's the Lions, and I think you had a sense um, that something like that was going to happen, even when, when they were up big. Uh, you feel you feel for Detroiters uh, today. Yeah, that was definitely the the Super Bowl that I was cheering for was Chiefs Lions. Almost got it. Went full conspiracy theory mode. Would have loved to have thrown that back in people's faces today. But uh, real quick before we move on, any early read for you for the the Super Bowl, Chiefs Forty ers <sighs> Boy, I don't know. That's a good one. I um I, I think the Niners are the more complete team, but I just. 
you know, far be it for me to bet against Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes at this point. Um, you know, the best player on the field is going to be uh, the quarterback for Kansas City. And look, I, I you know, the big storyline, the Taylor Swift stuff, all of that stuff, it's just funny. It's just hilarious to think that anybody <laughs> was doubting Travis Kelsey because he's dating a pop star. Um, I can understand people being annoyed by it. For so, actually, I can't understand that. There's no reason to be annoyed by it. Um, but yeah, I they, I guess my early lean would be Kansas City because um, I think they had the most impressive win yesterday. We're talking to Jake Chapman, Magic Radio voice here on In the Zone. Let's talk about the Magic now. Defense was the name of the game last night, and the Magic held the Suns to 98. But it's weird applauding the team for how well they played defensively. Yep, they let a guy go off for 44. But I guess when he's the only guy that goes off, you'll take it. Yeah, and, you know, he had 42 in three quarters, and he finished with 44. And, and Phoenix made, like, a handful of shots in the fourth. You held him to 13 points, and you turned him over, I think, seven times in the fourth quarter. Um, that was Orlando Magic basketball. You and I did the key segment for the home games and the pregame. Tyler and I do it for the away games. And sometimes I feel like a broken record because I'm always talking about offensive rebounds and turnovers. But for a team that doesn't shoot the ball well, that we need those extra attempts. And last night, Phoenix shot 56% from the field, BK, and we held them to under 100 points. And that was because all of those turnovers, 23 of them for 21 magic points. And then the offensive rebounds, Mo Wagner had five of them on his own. Um, manufacturing, and, and we ended up shooting 19 more field goal attempts than Phoenix did. When you struggle to shoot the ball, manufacturing offense and letting your defense work for you, um, as far as turning the ball or, you know, forcing turnovers and getting easy buckets. You know, that's what this Magic team has to do. And so uh, last night I also thought we got back to our identity as far as the bench went. Mo Wagner carried us through some lean times in last night's game. And then Jonathan Isaac and Anthony Black, J.I. specifically in the fourth quarter, it's just a master class defensively. So to hold that Phoenix team at relative full strength, they didn't have Nurkic, but, um, you know, Beal was hot early. Um, Kevin Durant, it felt like just kind of went through the motions, like he was sort of comfortable letting Booker get his. Um, and, you know, for KD to take 12 shots in a game like that didn't make a ton of sense, but I think the credit Jonathan Isaac and the team defense with some of that. Um, and I think, look, you know, as far as Phoenix goes, when De- when you got a guy who's, you know, cooking as, as Devin Booker was, sometimes I think it's just like everybody else stands around and watches, and I think it takes guys out of games, right? There's a reason that he's averaging like 50 points or whatever over his last three games, and they've lost two of them. Um, I think when you're too, you know, you're too centric on one guy, I think it can have a little bit of a demoralizing effect on the rest of the team. So I found it interesting that Kevin Durant took 12 shots last night. He made seven of them, of course, but he was a minus 25 on the floor. Um, that didn't seem like a fully engaged KD, but that's fine. We had that was a really good win, and obviously with a five-game road trip on the horizon. You really got to pick up those games at home. This Magic team just plays so much better. I think you can speak to it better than anybody uh, in front of that home crowd at Kia Center. It was electric last night. Yeah, I mean, I you know I work with Tyler every day who does the post-game, uh, the pre-game and the post-game for the road games, and, and I do the pre-game and post-game for the home games. I almost feel guilty because it feels <laughs> like, like I get all the good performances. Uh, but hopefully tonight is a, a, a changing of the tide going up against Luca and the and the Mavericks. So Brandon, don't Brandon, don't uh, don't feel guilty. You've paid your dues. So let's just put this it. This is true. Way. Thank you, thank you, Jake. I appreciate <laughs> okay. that. Yeah. Um, are these games extra emotional for Mosley going back to Dallas, the place that launched him into the position where he is today? Is that still a big 
storyline as he goes back to uh, to Dallas. Yeah, maybe. I mean, in year three, you know, you only go there once a year. So in year three, I actually think sometimes playing Indiana and him matching up with Carlisle um, is kind of the same thing. Uh, I'm sure when you go back into that building, Denver as well, because that's where he started his career. Um, he spent time in Cleveland. It's always a storyline, and he always mentions it. But, um, you know, it's I always laugh when we talk about motivation for coaches because, you know, Jamal Mosley, you heard him last night in the post game. He was like, I'm going to celebrate this win for 45 minutes, and as soon as the plane takes off for Dallas, we're going to fire up the film and start on Dallas. Coaches and, co- and assistant coaches do not need any added motivation. They are uh, they're sick in the head. <laughs> so um, I think he's he's locked in on eighty two of eighty two, regardless of where it is. Do you think it was a, a big deal that we have Jonathan Isaac here playing twenty four minutes for the Magic last night, and then not even a second thought? In fact, it was Ji in the post game last night saying, "Yeah, I'm playing tomorrow night." So the the most minutes he had played all year. And then a no doubter, not even on the injury report for a Monday night game. It feels like a big deal. I do think that is a big deal. And I'm pretty sure the 23 minutes is the most he's played since like 2019. Um, He has played back-to-backs this year, two sets of them. And so it's not like this massive hurdle to get over, but for sure. And, you know, he's played crunch time. This will be three and four. And he played most of the fourth quarter in Memphis on Friday, too. So, um, you know, he's... Yeah, you, you got to be careful with him. Obviously, we want him healthy for late March and into April, and hopefully beyond. Um, and but you know they, he's been through so much that I do think sometimes clearing those mental hurdles and just being able to trust his entire you know lower body when he gets out on the floor and when he starts to get tired and starts to feel his wind dip. You heard him mention last night. Um, all, all of that stuff matters, and so he's he's such a game changer. I mean, he essentially won you the game last night. They don't score 13 points in the fourth quarter if J.I. Uh, isn't out there for uh, the vast majority of it. So, um, And especially against uh, a Dallas team tonight that can absolutely light it up, um, having him on the floor will be huge if, in fact, he does show up and, 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 and play. And I have a feeling he will, not on the injury report. You never quite know. He could go through warm-ups. You never um, want to say anything definitively, especially as you work him back. But um, a big five-game road trip, and, and there won't be any more back-to-backs, um, at least uh, as far as the road trip goes after tonight. So get him through tonight, and then hopefully you'll have him the last four. Well, hopefully the Magic can get a win. It'll be their first back-to-back win since early January. So we'd love to see a little streak start, and we'll hear this guy on the call all the way throughout. Magic Mavericks coming up at 8.30 tonight, pregame 30 minutes prior to that with our guy Tyler Karen. Thanks so much, Jake. Have a good call and have fun with the kid tonight. You got it. Thanks, BK. Also, Magic tickets will be available at 5.30 tonight on our show, so keep it locked for that all part of our January ticket takeover. January's coming to an end, so curious to see what the plan is moving forward, but we always love giving prizes to our great listeners, and you get another chance at 5.30. Our first four things, and we're finally going to dive in to the Dan Campbell aspect of what we saw yesterday. Was he in the wrong? We'll get to all of that next.